I've developed what I call posture and mm-hmm. that it's a, a belief in myself or in what I, va- what I am and what I value. And I didn't get my value early on, even though I think I had it, yeah. maybe not in the same way I do today. But I know with a, if I'm negotiating with someone and it's quite often, you know, for a price yes. and they'll say, well, is that your best price? Yeah. Or they'll say, you got to go lower. And I'll say, this is about math. And I said, the value I'm giving you is going to be worth way more to you than what I'm going to receive for it. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. I am so excited for you to discover one of our alumni, Troy Trelevin. So for over 25 years, Troy has been a business coach, structural consultant with the Dale Carnegie Business Group. He has experience working in a broad range of industries, manufacturing, professional, construction, service, retail, IT, basically worked in mid-sized businesses uh, for the past 30 years. He is the managing partner of one of the largest, basically it cycles in and out from top one to top three worldwide Dale Carnegie uh, franchises in the greater Toronto, you know, Golden Horseshoe area. Troy is a trainer, a coach, um, an entrepreneur, and um, just had so many amazing things to share. Dale Carnegie is the founder or one of the founders of the entire self-improvement industry. Um, His books, How to Win Friends and Influence People, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, has basically been a foundation block for the industry. And their organization has just kept those ideas alive. We use Dale Carnegie in our trainings uh, still. Troy found out about Dale Carnegie uh, from us. I found out in this podcast. His original district manager actually was the first person uh, that we ever had an interview with on the podcast, Nick Eves, who's the chief operating officer of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. So uh, I know you're going to really love this uh, podcast. Uh, We're highlighting this podcast. And uh, there's just a whole lot of takeaway for young leaders looking about how to have a massive impact in their future. So. We are right now in the middle of our recruiting season. So we are really looking for amazing young leaders so that we can have a remarkable 2021. We can make an enormous difference with our customers, uh, which are young student leaders. So if you know of any amazing leaders, please send them our way to studentworks.com or they can come to leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. You could send them, have them send me an email, or you could send me an email with any information or feedback about our show to chris at leaderspodcast.ca. I hope you have a fantastic day, and I hope our podcasts are making a difference for you in your role as a leader, in your goal to become a real powerful leader in our society. We need leaders like at no time ever facing all the challenges that we face in the world today. Thank you so much. So Troy, 
Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. It's an exciting conversation. Well, no, I'm really, really excited about having you on. Um, you know, I, we were talking a little bit already in advance of the uh, of the call about uh, a bunch of the really, really neat things that you do and that we'll dig into. But first of all, if you could think back to before you joined us at StudentWorks, you know, who were you, you know, what were you involved with, et cetera? Well, when I joined StudentWorks, I was in my going into my second year of university okay. and my first year, the end of, well, I'd started a, another business before it was called Rugby Originals okay. and it was in Peterborough, my hometown. I went to school at Hamilton at Mac, but, and this, so I already had a business going at the time right. and I uh, had people running it in Peterborough and it, it was a summer project that went on into a few more years. But I really wanted to diversify myself at the time, right. and uh, and student works was an opportunity that was really appealing to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'd always been a little bit entrepreneurial, or yeah. at least in the last few years. And uh, so for me, when I saw student works, I thought, "Wow, oh, this is a it's a system. It works. It's proven. It's mm-hmm. a good thing." So for me, it wasn't in a sense risky right, <laughs> compared right. to starting something from scratch that I already had going. And so I joined Student Works for lots of reasons at the time. But right. uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of you were already moving into leadership, already moving into entrepreneurship. So this was kind of wow, I can go and really get trained at a different level, learn at a different yes. level, you know, oh, yeah. et cetera. Okay. Well, no, that's that's great. Uh, and you can see how so if you remember, what sort of frustrations did you have as a teenager before you got started in running your business? I know I, when I was 16, I, I worked for a butcher mm-hmm. in my hometown and I worked for there for three months and I got fired. Right. And I remember <laughs> I, he said I couldn't count money very well. He'd been short in the till, I guess. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't stealing. I, was I, I know you weren't and, stealing. <laughs> I know I wasn't stealing. And uh, the other thing was uh, cutting meat. I'm left-handed. And so he was a small town, but you only had a glove for right-handed people. Oh, wow. And so I was really, really awkward in the job. And I remember he called me and fired me. And I was devastated. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I, I don't like this feeling of losing a job. Yeah. like Because I thought I was doing well otherwise. Yeah. And so. I think it started planting a seed in me and it said, I never want to have to work for somebody else if I don't have to. Now I have had other jobs, of course, course, since, but that was a little seed inside of me that said, I want to work for myself because I have more control over what happens and what I do. And so, yeah, that really got inside of me. And I said, I want to always work for myself. You know, it really is interesting. A lot of times people feel like, wow, when I get employed, I'm just way more secure. And for me, I feel the same way. I am so less secure, right? And, you know, it's it's like, you know, no, right now I'm selling my services to hundreds of amazing operators or thousands of amazing right. clients. That seems yeah, pretty yeah, secure yeah. to me, right? So Absolutely. rather than, oh, I've got one company that I'm working for. And because somebody new up top decided they didn't want me anymore. And like you said, yep. you go, Hey, I was Troy. I was on, I was positive, right? Yeah. That's who you are. Right. <laughs> and right. I was yeah, like, yeah, I was sure. saying hi to everybody and they're letting me go. What? Like, I don't like that. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, totally. Right. But it's, it, yeah. those types of feelings really direct people's futures. You know, how do they see themselves on that, that line? And, and certainly as yeah. well, like for me and the leaders who listen to our podcast, one of the things I always love to just 
make sure that they're aware of. They may choose, and just like you have at times chosen to sell your services to one company, but you're always aware, I'm just choosing to do that right now. And I'm always looking to develop myself and be aware that, hey, that that opportunity may be gone and I've got a side hustle or I'm always aware about what's next. Because it's those people who fall asleep in the economy who, Mm. you know, it it can be really ugly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I think uh, the one thing that in particular, like what Student Works did, it taught me to sell. Yes. And I didn't feel I could sell before. And then as soon as I got that sense of I'll always have security because I can sell and there's always a need for selling. Yes. And uh, so, and as you said, like, if you're selling your services to multiple people that it's so, so much more stable than, as you said, one person, one, one person. And yeah. so, yeah. 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 And by the way, you're right. And that's one of the things, again, a lot of times people don't think very highly about sales because they don't understand sales, but the mm-hmm. president or owner, they're usually the best salespeople, um, <laughs> you know, or EVP is actually a better just name for a salesperson. Um, exactly. <laughs> <but it's hidden. laughs> totally. um, you know, so, yeah. so SVP, senior VP, yeah. senior vice president, you know, but no, yeah. really good salesperson. You know, so it's, it's getting that, that no, I have, I have power. I I'm capable because of those sales. What else do you rely on, still rely on from the program? The resilience I gained, like the, um, first teaching me to sell was important. And then when I hired painters and, uh, the relationships that I had to keep with them to keep them motivated and keep them coming back. And, uh, they got, they had so many choices. They could do things in the summer Mm -hmm. and, Ours wasn't the easiest job. No, it is not. And, no. Uh, no. <laughs> and so I had to have really good relationships. Mm. And uh, so, and, and nurture them. And I was just thinking about uh, today, I have one painter that's on my Facebook. Uh, her name is Leslie Vandevin. She was my, my crew chief. Awesome. And uh, we still have a relationship. And we met then. Yes. And it was one of those things that I've learned over the years that relationships are one of those things things that you could lose all sorts of other things. But if you can maintain relationships, you'll always have a place to go, someone to ask for advice yeah. or referrals, or yeah. it's a network, right? And it's critical. No, it, it, it is so amazing. And, and again, I, you know, to me, this podcast is actually an example of that. I'm reaching out to people. Troy and I have not spoken in 20 years or, or, or mm-hmm. some long, long time. Reached out to yeah, Troy. Sure. Troy reaches back to me where it's like, bang, it's, it's, we're connected. It's so excited to go and get to, get to, you know, relive our past, relive what's happened. And because mm-hmm. again, of those relationships, right. And we were, by the way, just yeah. for, so everyone knows we were connected on LinkedIn, which is great. And, that, and so, mm-hmm. so, but it's like, oh, okay, great. You know, we know what we're doing. And one of the cool things to me I always find is, is there's so many more people that I know who I just can't keep in touch with on a regular, consistent basis. And, you know, this, this offers that opportunity, which is awesome. So you left Student Works, you graduated from McMaster. So where did you go, you know, job-wise? What did you, what did you create? Why don't you walk us through that? Because a lot of times, you know, our leaders are going, they've got this amazing role I want that. Well, how does that happen? So, so we'll walk yeah, through. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, so student works, I would have wanted to come back for another summer, mm-hmm. but because I had my other business, I decided to finish that up. Focus and so that. I finished that. I, and I 
went back and I took another year or so and I, I ended up wound that business down. I realized it wasn't what I wanted to do. Right. And then I, I came back to Hamilton mm-hmm. and I worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car, okay. E-Cars it was called yeah. at the time. And uh, I worked there for, I think, nine months. And during that time, I took the Dale Carnegie course right. and I really loved it. It was funny how so many connections had... My district manager at Student Works, Nick Eves at the time, yes. I remember he was taking the Dale Carnegie course. Yep. And I remember we were doing a drive around or something. And uh, I looked in his back seat and he had this manual said Dale Carnegie yep. course. I go, I've always heard about that. What's that about? And he said, oh, I was taking the course. Well, about, I guess it was probably three or four years after that's when I took the yep. course and resonated with me. And uh, I really wanted to get into selling because of what I got in Student Works. And so I went and I, I joined the company right. as a salesperson okay. and I wasn't allowed to teach because I was too young. Okay. I was only 23 mm-hmm. or something. And I wasn't allowed to teach till I was about 30. Okay. And so uh, those early years, it was selling, building a team. And then that's been my main thing ever since. I've had some other businesses. and So we'll talk about those two. So, but let's first of all, talk about Dale Carnegie. So, so number mm-hmm. one. Nick Eves was doing Dale Carnegie because I recommended Dale Carnegie. <laughs> That's hilarious. I figured you were exactly. Involved. <laughs> I was involved. That's right. And so Nick Eves, by the way, is our first podcast. You know, yeah, and and he is the uh, chief operating officer of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, and an incredible guy, and just mm. you know, really, literally one of the best people you'll ever meet. Like he's just so mm. so amazing. You know, as a person, as a father, as a human. And Mm. as a business leader has had an unbelievable career. And so Mm. I know I've done um, the Dale Carnegie 13 week program. And I remember I did not Mm. judge myself to be a very good public speaker. And I was very Mm. nervous and just not that, you know, in my mind, as effective as I could be And taking the Dale Carnegie course. And then later on, and I know, you know, this, I did a two day full days Uh with Dale Carnegie. And now it's probably one of my biggest strengths. And, um, and it's, it's, I, 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 you know, well, sir, I, I point to lots of practice <laughs> and many, many hours, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah. I point to Dale Carnegie as an enormous reason for that. So it's just That's a great, really cool. great program. Yeah. Well, I remember when we would do training for student works, uh, you talked about how to win friends, and influence people yes. as the way to manage our people. Yes. And so that was, I've, I've not known anything else yes, in my life yes. except <laughs> that way to manage people. So yeah. uh, if there's another theory out there that's better, I'd love to know it. But yeah. And just, just to share, so for our leaders, How to Win Friends and Influence People is Dale Carnegie's preeminent book. Uh, so Dale Carnegie, most people or many people would say really started the whole self-improvement industry. And just an incredible man, incredible success story. And so Dale Carnegie, his business continues to live on, his books live on, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. So Mm -hmm. I have recommended both of those books so many times. The Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People is part of our veteran manager curriculum every year. And so it's something that we have just continued to keep in our program because of the wisdom uh, of what Dale Dale had, like it's just so amazing All to right. think about the success and that the same principles still work now. Like, I, I, what could work better, right? Yeah. Just yesterday, mm-hmm. the premier of Ontario said, 
he quoted Dale Carnegie and he said, uh, when Dale Carnegie said, when you're wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. Yes. <laughs> and so it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was a customer before he was premier and I was his rep. Oh, were and you? Oh, that's so awesome. Himself and he's a leadership training for managers, graduate and everything. So it's amazing how so many uh, successful, effective people like Warren Buffett yes. and uh, all these people you recognize, they often have in their roots either the book yes. or they've taken the courses yes. or some combination. So it's pretty amazing. It's all in the background. It's, it's no, it's, it is. And, 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 uh, you know, and again, give people a, a better reputation to live up to, right. A good reputation. Yeah, to live up to. Right. Like that's something, that's something that's so, so great, you know, you know, having them. But what I d- did want to do is how has Dale Kearney, cause right now my understanding is you basically are the managing partner and owner with mm-hmm. some partners of the largest yeah. Dale Kearney training organization in the world. Yeah, that's right. We uh, we're dancing in the top one to three all the time. Wow! And that's up against like big companies like or big franchises like China. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. uh, so in terms of like dollar wise, we're in the top. And uh, we and I and I don't take all the credit of for that. Not. We had a, we we've our predecessor, my predecessor, who we bought the business from, uh, was tremendous, and still uh, he's our chairman of the board, okay. and uh, he's out of the business now, but uh, he's still is a mentor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, our work, uh, continues to, uh, really resonate. We're still the preeminent training company in the world and our franchises right. in that. Right. And so we're really proud of that. And, uh, yeah, so I've owned the company now about 12 or 13 years, okay. which involves all the things of owning uh, a company. It is a franchise system. Yes. It used to be what was called a sponsorship model. So they would grant a sponsorship, but now it's Franchise. Just change yeah. format a little bit as yeah. franchise. And so we have certain framework we operate from, right. but we have a lot of freedom to deliver really whatever a client needs. We not limited in anything we can do with them. Right, right. So and I know in the past when I was involved, it, it was very much a referral organization. You would come through and you would refer people to mm-hmm. Dale Carnegie. And and so uh so again, I would have referred Nick and other people and Right. And now your model has changed. So how's your model changed? And now rather than referrals, how do you get your clients? Yeah, it's, um, we're business to business right. primarily. Right. And like we, um, to get clients today, it's really a matter of, um, well, most of my clients have been with me probably 15 years yeah. plus. Yeah. And so we constantly, we don't just sell them one course, like the Dale Carnegie course is what we're most known as, but how we generate business is really just living with our clients, understanding what their business realities are, matching it with coaching and training that helps them. Right. Then in terms of getting new clients, we tend to ask for referrals still. Right. So who are your customers? Who are your suppliers that to uh, could benefit from hearing more about what you're doing that's helping you be successful. Right. And that's primarily how we do it. Right. And right. we do it by a thought leadership too. So we, we've got a research team okay. that is always, uh, has its finger on what's going on in business right. and coming up with uh, thought leadership initiatives that will intrigue new clients. Right. And so we'll uh, attract them with our thought leadership, whether it's through webinars or white papers and things like that. Right. So, 
that's right. the primary way to grow. Yeah, because because you know one of the really neat things about your organization is obviously your legacy organization that you're starting on this enormous rock and bedrock of just incredible wisdom. You know, one of the forefathers, or or one of the forefathers, or the forefathers, totally. and then. <laughs> yeah. You know, how have you continued to sort of redevelop and renew? What's that been like in an organization like Dale Carnegie? Yeah, well, I think over the years, at, at watching different CEOs, mm-hmm. it, they've they've all done so much to take us to a different level that was required at the time. Mm-hmm. The thing I think that's so fundamental to our organization, but really any successful organization like Student Works yeah. or whatever, is that. When you're tuned in to what your clients most want and need, and you simply deliver that, that's to me pure selling. Like right. it doesn't get more complicated than that. Right. Like it's listening, adapting. It's not, yes, how to win friends is still the principles yes. that underlie, yeah. but those don't change. Yes, <laughs> but exactly. how we go to market has to change. Right. And so I think if you're just tuned in and listening and you're serving, mm. Uh, better than anybody else, yeah. you can't help but succeed. And that goes for an individual serving their own companies they work for or serving clients as a salesperson yeah. or whatever it might no, be. No, I love that. You know, it's funny. You would think, and it's not true, that I would be more confident about what we're delivering now than I was back in the day. But no, as a late 20-year-old, we thought we had mm-hmm. the the world by the the, the the tail and we were so smart. And we weren't, um, <laughs> we weren't in any way whatsoever. So one of the things is, is really getting humility, really getting, you know, we're just, we're always racing against ourselves to be even better and then even better. And like you said, listen to our customer, listening for opportunities, taking new yeah. courses, developing, you know, so that we can just be better and just be better and just be better. So, so confident wouldn't be the right word. Cause I think I'm more confident now, but I was cocky. I was cocky. I was wrong huh. about my knowledge. I was wrong. We were wrong <laughs> about our, our, our knowledge base. Um, and certainly we're having lots of success, but you know, you know, that humility of, okay, we're really good. And how can we get better tomorrow? And how can we yeah, deliver a, right. a, you know, great wisdom today, right? And every conversation, yeah. every every moment, getting better and better. So it really yeah. is fascinating. Well, I, I remember that it's that what the focus of the market has been at different times. Like I remember before two thousand eight, there was uh, this big move on the millennials were new in the yes. <laughs> in the workplace, and so everybody wanted means how do we work with millennials. Well, then the market crashed, right? And at that time, it was, how do we survive? And so we had to pivot from serving this, what was kind of a luxury need (laughs) to to like, let's talk to millennials. And And, and it's so crazy how to talk to millennials. (laughs) I think the same way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, like it's just, exactly. just so stupid. I thought, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like one of the things just so for our leaders, I just want to put this in here. What happens is every generation, you know, denigrates the, the, the upcoming one as a, as a group, as a group, certainly again, smart people like Troy and I have never and would never, you know, just because it's <laughs> just never. always just so yeah, crazy, right. but that's what they'll do. Oh, I just don't understand this young group. Well, because yeah. it's, they stop staying connected to this group and they judge this group and they're different and, you know, or right. sorry, have different habits, but yeah, just right. being able to pivot and the power in that. Right. Yes. Yes. And so the, as the needs change, if you're adapting to it, it's fine. But the same principles apply. It's just a, 
I think, and, and back back to you said the humility. It's keeping our minds open enough that what we did yesterday to serve a customer can change. The principles won't yes. if you're based on, but the framing of them, the context changes, mm-hmm. and uh, that part I think requires agility and it requires uh, good analysis skills and strategic thinking. But you're going to apply the same principles just. The context is different. Yeah. And the other thing as well is I think one of the great things about being a learning organization like you are and we are, we're a learning organization, mm-hmm. is, is totally. that you're always in the space of learning. And so you're, you know, we're constantly looking at how can we get better all the time. And so then you're mm. seeing someone maybe do something a little different. And and for us, it's always a little bit more the veterans, the rookies, we really do our best at just, hey, just you're not going to learn the system completely in a one year. So just let's right. just try to work on those principles, as you said. Mm. But then as people stay a while, they're like, oh, look, we're we're working on this or look at this or our district managers come up with new ideas. And it's like, all right, isn't this exciting? And then you go and say, let's try it in some more places. And again, you're like you said, mm. you're just listening. You're just, hey, what's there? And it's and the thing is, as well as you can't get bored or I don't think you can get bored of learning and contributing. Right. Like, no. I, I don't know how I could get bored of that. Like, you know, I'm going to no. learn more and I'm going to contribute more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Right. And it's self and it's satisfying unto itself. Yes. In my yeah. And view, people like write you checks. Right? Um, but but <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so true. That's, that's right. so true. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you're right. Like, it's just a satisfying place. And then on Troy's LinkedIn, he has something, some crazy number of people who have who have referred him. and. Uh, so, and, and that's the other piece is people just love what you've given them, what you've shown them. You know, that's also something that's really neat. Yeah. Well, thank, yeah. It's, and to me, it, I never go out looking for the recommendations or something sure, like I that. And I if, think if you just do it, if you come from a sincere place, and yeah. you just, it's you a know, goes, I, it sounds funny, but love your customers yeah. or love, it, it sounds weird, but to me, it just means if you just care about them, it all works well, itself out. It is weird, right? I tell people I love them in my business, you know? Yeah. And I know that's weird. And on the other hand, it's true. So to me, it's weird not to say it, but I know it's weird. I know for a lot of people yeah. it's weird, but I do love them. And why wouldn't I? And why Why do we hold that? It's always shown up for you. Yeah. Like you, from knowing you at the beginning, you just knew the guy cares. Yeah. Like he really does. Yeah. And yeah. I know it's question you've been doing this for so long and so yeah, successfully. Yeah, like yeah. it's but yeah. yeah. So but true. it's it's funny as well when because I think there's kind of a of a release, right? Like being really honest with yourself. No, I really care. I really love my people. I really love them. Yeah. Right. And just like you love that painter who's still attached to you, right? And on your yeah, Facebook right, friends. Right. So it's like, yeah. oh, well, is this ever yeah. great? And it's <clears> and then it's <throat> there's just a power in the connection, right? For you. And 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 as well as, you know, when we talk about when there's no difference between your work and your home, meaning I love to do my work. By the way, everyone, it's a, it's a good Friday. Um, good Friday, 2020, <laughs> and Troy and I are having this conversation. Right. So, but it was just like, oh, Troy's free. I am too. This is great. Like, this is as, as, as fun an experience I'm going to have, and we're going to have other fun uh, this weekend. But, you know, this is fun to do, you know? So, totally. so it's, a, it's yeah. a chance to reconnect, et cetera. So we've talked about a bunch about Dale, Dale Carnegie. So what key skills do you think you have now that are making a difference in your leadership of Dale Carnegie? 
I suppose it's the, the two sides. So in taking care of our people, I find that one thing I've learned over the years that came from failures was uh, I'm a good starter yeah. of things. Yeah. I'm, I'm a great initiator yes. and I like the creativity and the thrill. I'm not, I know my strength isn't finishing. Yes. <laughs> so I find I had to draw around me people that have good operational skills, uh, management ability. And, and there's a, a lot of people around that do like those things. Yes. And I needed to make sure I hire well. And so we have a really good team around us that does the operational side, they execute well. Uh, and my job is to maintain that, to engage them, to encourage yes. them, to keep their mind stimulated yeah. and keep, make sure they're feeling appreciated yes. and rewarded. So they, they just continue to stay and do what they love doing. Yes. And so I think that's one of the things is find good people, keep them. And, uh, so, and that applies to my salespeople, yeah. our admin staff, yeah. our trainers that we have. And, uh, always be selling. I know that. And you and I know what it means yes. like to sell, but it means always thinking, and we talked about it, always thinking of needs and serving those needs and thinking strategically, mm -hmm. like what's going on conceptually, mm -hmm. that dimensional thinking, I call it. Right. If, if I can do that with my customers and about my own business, mm -hmm. I find it helps keep greater efficiencies in the business and we can be more laser-like in how we serve right. the client. Right. So that's some of the big ones. I okay. Guess. I love that. I love that. I love, again, just recognizing, identifying, you know, for our leaders, Troy doesn't think he can do it on his own. Troy okay. knows he can't do it on his own. I can't do it on my own. And the key people in my business make such an enormous difference. Like, it's just like, and I tell them they know it. They feel great about it. They're, they've got my back. They're making sure I don't walk into the wall or into a mirror or, you know, like Chris, no, 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 not that way. And did you remember your keys? You know, it's, you know, so it's like, you know, again, and Chris is good at what he's good at. And man, there's a long list of not what I'm good at. And, and so I think sometimes people have this, this idea that the leader is the best at everything. That's just a crazy idea. You know, it's just totally. not going to work. And also as well, you're, you're holding yourself to some sort of thing that's just so hard to live to. So it's instead of yeah. just give it up, here's the things I'm going to really get great at. I'm going to really reward yeah. and acknowledge the people who are great at these other things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So Troy, one thing I wanted to talk about is, is because 
you know, not only have you spent your career in this, you know, Dale Carnegie amazing business, but you've done other things as well. So why don't you walk us through, you know, just these other, you know, entrepreneurial ventures and how you fit them around your Dale Carnegie, et cetera. So I'd love, because I know, again, our leaders would be excited to hear about that. Sure. Yeah, no, I think being trained as I've been, like my coming up and just having an entrepreneurial bent, I always have had this thing where it's like a bug inside me. Right. I like to to start new things more for the challenge and the thrill of it than anything else. Right. Uh, so after a few years in Dale Carnegie, I started learning about real estate investing. Right. And so I joined a, a real estate club and I, I learned about it, met some people and I started doing some uh, real estate deals. Mm-hmm. So I started investing in uh, some single family and some multifamily properties right. and things like that. And um, then I started uh, buying some businesses. Right. So I bought just small businesses. Right. So I, I bought a, uh, a dry cleaning uh, depot. I bought a, a vending business. I bought uh, um, one of those, um, uh, you know, those uh, mobile sign, mobile sign business, co- yeah. mobile sign company. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, and I, I did a bunch of other things and more just for, to prove to myself I could do it. Right. And so I would buy them, I'd improve them, or I'd start them from scratch. Right. And then I would sell them. And especially sold a lot of things as my kids were coming because I mm. realized that I wanted to, because they took a lot of time. Yes. And I, I got to a point in those days, it was my early 40s that, or late 30s, I guess, that I said, you know what? I, I want to focus on Dale Carnegie mm-hmm. and growing that. Mm-hmm. And so... And my children. Right. That was my my main focus. And so, but now I just entered, put those efforts into growing my current business. Yes. And that's when I got into ownership and then buying other uh, franchises and stuff like that. So that's been the um, the main shift, I guess, as to uh, for me. But yeah, I I just <laughs> I get a bug and I just want to do it. And yeah, uh, no, I think I think that's something where. Um, you know, certainly in my experience as well, I've had a lot of other businesses that I've started and the reality is most of them have not been successful. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. and that my time was best rewarded here. And so the more and more That's time it. I've spent here, the more and more it's been rewarded. And mm-hmm. again, uh, contribution uh, or sorry, profit follows contribution. And so as the contributions got more and more, there's more and more profit. But I, I was kind of, you know, so some of it, I imagine, and maybe it wasn't for you, but like, but for me, some of it was chasing my tail or my, my needs, yeah. my needs to keep doing more, my, my agitation, my desires that weren't always well-founded would have me chase totally. off on stuff. Um, and so that's something Agreed. for our yeah. leaders to look at, you know, um, they've got something going, no, stay focused. How can I keep growing this? How can I keep developing this? I'm way better yeah. if I'm just totally, solely focused on one business. Agreed. Yeah. That I, I not met many people who have really done a great job on multiple, multiple businesses. I got caught up in that mm-hmm. in the uh, probably the late '90s and early 2000s of the multiple streams of income, yes. which yes. led to a lot. And it, I got to tell people, I think it's a lie. Yes. <laughs> like it, yeah. or it, I don't know anybody who really pulls it off well. Yeah. Now, if you got a, I, I really don't think so. So, I'm with you 100. With focus, you can really leverage your effort so much greater than having too much else going on. Yeah. And I get on the other hand, like, especially around real estate, I've got a job, I'm working career-wise. Now I'm getting multiple streams of income and putting new houses in place. Now, on the other hand, we've never done that before. 
And one of the big reasons is because this business sucks up so much of our time, or I shouldn't say sucks up, we contribute so much of our time here that that if I put my time there, I wouldn't be able to do all the coaching calls. And so, so that there's, there's an impact. And so, you know, don't kid yourself that there's an impact. Like our VP, I remember he bought a, he bought a triplex and he thought, oh, this is great. And then after a while, he just goes, I'm just not making as good decisions. I'm not doing as great job. So he sold, made some money, got out of it and said, no, I'm not doing that because there's so much to focus on here to really grow and develop. Yeah. So. Yeah. If I could tell young people that in hindsight, it's, you focus as a much more wiser placement of energies than diverting yourself with lots of shiny things. And uh, the the shiny things uh, is a real challenge (laughs) for people and was for me. But in, in sure. sort of, we've been talking about sort of failures or mistakes, any f- big failures or mistakes. And what did you learn from those, uh, Troy? Mm, well, yeah, right around those ideas is that uh, I found back to the businesses that worked out is when I had a good person management in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that didn't work out were the ones where I didn't compensate for my weaknesses, which like I, I think I'm a reasonable man, sure. And I've got way better over the years, right. and I I do know how to manage. But in terms of, uh, I wasn't using a a good performance management system is one piece of it. Okay. And the second is finding hiring and finding good people. Yes. So, and I say the performance management system is like we we teach something called a well a part of it's called a performance results description, and it's helping people define their role by the results rather than by the activities and duties. And I find if I didn't set someone up for success by pointing them to, I'm going to measure you by results, not by what you do every day, and then coach them on that, which is different for a lot of people. They're used to job description, use all these things, I'll be successful. Nah, that's not how success works in business. (laughs) It works from, (laughs) what result do we need to accomplish? Yes. And and let's define everybody's role by that. So that's how we manage our teams now. And uh, so everybody knows I'm accountable for this. When we have, say, a monthly coaching conversation, you're just reporting on results, what you got, what you missed, yeah. what you're going to change. Yeah. If we need to get into your activities, fine. But usually we don't. Uh, we will sometimes. But yeah. mostly if people think results orientation, whatever their role is, yeah. they just enjoy their job better. They succeed at it better. Yeah. And so that's something I learned the hard way is don't just measure activities yeah. or, mo- or coach activities, coach results. results. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure when you were with us, whether we were as clearly identified about our values, but one of our core five values is results economy. And so we basically, mm. that is, that is the, you know, what we focus on now early on in the process, when you start people there, you're more managing than leading. So we have to actually focus on activities and focus on totally. coaching the activities and training the activities and holding people accountable to those activities. And then once they're get it, then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't have to go back there unless there's no results. And then I can go, oh, what happened? You know, and then yes, we can, that's yes. kind of how we look at it and we go, oh, so yep. we just didn't do those activities. So you didn't get mm-hmm. the results. And then having them right. pe- people link, oh. Look, look, I don't do the activity. I don't get the <laughs> totally. result. Okay. Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah, that's because you need a habit. Yeah, yes. Build sure. a habit. That's exactly habit. it. Yeah. So you just flashed me back. I remember going uh, to do like, uh, we did the flyer drops yes, in the yeah. days back in Stewart. Yeah. And uh, so I'd get the, the crew, the painters together after a hard day and yeah. we'd, we'd say, okay, so let's get to, I don't know, let's get to 
hundred houses in the next hour or something. But that activity, uh, we knew that if we did the activity, we get a certain amount of results. Yes. And so the discipline of just doing that a few times in the summer would would be enough to often, you know, get us enough business. Right. Yes. Success. Yeah, no, and it's and it's just again, it's kind of like we we call that our next door flyer campaign, where we're working an area, we drop flyers, and then hey, the lawn signs are up, we're doing good work, people call yeah. in, right? It's like, oh yeah, wow, yeah, you know, yeah. look, you know, and it stimulates referral work, etc. So so it's you know, again, sometimes just simple activities like that make a difference and and around mm-hmm. others. So what about if someone was considering venturing out into the entrepreneurial world? What advice would you give them? Mm. Say first, do it for the right reasons. Okay. If it's just for more money, mm-hmm. or if it's just to, I think if you're only working on, well, I'll use my shiny thing. <laughs> if it's just to do something shiny or to make more money, maybe not the right idea. Yeah. But if you like freedom and mm-hmm. if you like, as we talked about earlier, the sense of security that comes from having a business mm-hmm. rather than a job alone, yeah. I think you're probably geared to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Be prepared to work super hard, though. Yeah. Like I think that's still a yeah. thing. No. Uh, there's no other. There's no way. other. Yeah, no. And and the other piece as well is 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 you really you are taking a whole lot more on in terms of I've got to have a lot more things covered off in my blind spot, right? And that's again why mm-hmm. we work better in team. Okay, do I have? Do am I saving a bunch of money? Am I am I you know building systems? Am I you know do I have yeah. good accounting? Do I have good legals? Do I have good structures? You know do I have a good sales program? Do I have good market? So there, it is not for the faint of heart because it just takes nope. so much to either understand for you or to bring on to your team so that they actually understand and that you can check to make sure that they understand it and they're getting the results they want. Yeah. But one of the things is I always like to say is is that. Life's hard no matter what, Troy. So it's it's hard yeah. for the person with the job, you know, it's hard for the person <laughs> with the, the entrepreneur. Yep. So you just choose your heart. What's it gonna yeah. be? <laughs> it's hard to not do well. It's hard to kind of have a, a job where I'm not really being paid well and being reser- rewarded very well. So it's like to me, it's like, okay, we'll take the big heart. Pick your heart. Yeah, and then, exactly. And then look at <laughs> look at getting rewarded better if I can execute. So yeah. I think if it is to get hard and it, and there's times when we really will lose hope or faith but that's the time not to quit yeah. the time is to when you're feeling that just whatever you need to do keep focusing on your goal your vision yeah. keep going because it what it just passed that mm-hmm. like yeah. it, it's the where's all the rewards are i think most people get bluffed out when they start an entrepreneurial venture is they they find it hard and that's they think oh maybe this is a sign i should quit yeah. no that's not yeah. it's just something you're experiencing that's not a sign of anything yes. <laughs> uh yeah. work hard and you, you then it gets easy like yeah. but once you push past that and that's the moment to just stick to it yeah. and uh I was thinking of the song "Eye of the Tiger." Eye of the the tiger, day, you but, bet. Rocky, Rocky, you bet. Uh, yeah, for sure. And it's funny as well. Like I think a lot of times, you know, some of the things. If someone's thinking of starting a business, the best thing to focus on is who would give me a check right now. Like, don't think about oh, this big space that I need to be eventually in. It's it's like what small steps can I do? Yeah. Can I start it as a side hustle? You know, I've got an opportunity. Yep. Can I test it out? Can I, you know, and go and put it into action? So that at very low cost, very low fixed cost, so that, oh, this is something that can work rather than, oh, I've got this huge idea 
that I need to go get funded or need this. You know, I, I know so many people who have started really successful businesses just on that, just getting, getting rolled. And then the other thing is obviously where both of us have done is get into an organization, excel like crazy, and then get the opportunity to buy it. Because obviously both yeah. of us did that, right? Yeah, and and you, exactly. you know, you get right, really right. good, you know, you build your assets and then there's an opportunity mm. and they want to, they want to hand it to somebody or, you know, have somebody internally buy, the, buy it, right? Because that's yes. the best thing yeah. for the organization. Because oh, yeah. I'm sure your chairman cares a whole lot about mm. Dale Carnegie, right? Oh, he sure does. <laughs> and he also, he also cares also about his return. So how could he get both, you know, is put, putting a management team in place to buy it. Yep. So, you know, as you went from, you know, that university student to creating, being a real value creator in the full-time world, what did you need to change about yourself, Troy? It's funny. I don't remember thinking too much differently. Okay. And so I found that, that yeah, I guess the one thing is develop self-reliance. Like mm-hmm. I, I think when you're young and, and I didn't have this benefit when I went to university, I had to pay for it myself, okay. but I know our parents are a tremendous source of financial and emotional resources in the, in the early days. And over those years, like for in through university or college and into your adulthood, really develop self-reliance mm-hmm. and you're always going to have somebody you can depend on. Right. <laughs> but if you can have internal self-reliance, you'll have so much more flexibility. You'll have more ability. You'll be able to use those resources you got or other resources. But I think if you have to go back and depend like that, and again, it's natural to go through of that course. transition, but, um, but again, use other resources than your parents and use mind resources like yeah. intellectual knowledge from people. That to me, if develop self-reliance and if you can have that, you can get through any kind of hard times yeah. and that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's what's going to save you. I think. Yeah. And when I think about self-reliance, I really think about, I can depend on me. If I say I'm going to wake up at 7.30, I'm going to wake up at 7.30. If I say I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Because if I can't count on me, then how can Troy count on me, right? How can the world count on me? And by the way, don't be so hard on yourself when you can't count on yourself. Just go back to it. Okay. I've just got to work more on self-reliance. I got to, got, got to work yeah. more. Don't overpromise, Chris. Maybe you can't get up at 7.30, you know, or whatever. Let's just work on these habits. Like one, one yeah. key success I, I think that, that people have is, is they've really worked on habits, right? Like I can tell as well, just, yeah. you know, it's like, I'm going to just being habitually powerful that I can be counted on is so, so important. Yeah. Yes. I love that. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so if someone wanted to do what you do, you know, what key habits would they have to steal from you? What's your secret to your success? <laughs> there was a book. I really liked the title. I really liked the whole book, but the title was uh, Be a Go-Giver. Okay. And so meaning always be thinking about, like, I think my secret of success with my clients and my people is I think about what they really want and I, I listen to them mm-hmm. and then I deliver what they want. Right. And if there's a secret <laughs> and I, I tell people about it, but not everybody falls. But it's not the secret. (laughs) So, but I would say if you do that, you just guaranteed success Mm -hmm. in the truest sense of the word, and in the rewards that come with it. I so I think uh, just be a go giver, be a servant leader. Yeah, find out what other people need, help them get it. Yeah, there's nothing 
more of a secret to me to success than that. And that applies to our families too. And, uh, making sure my kids got what they need and everything. That's if I focused on that, they'll be fine. I'll be fine. And we'll get through the tough times for sure. And what's good about that is as well as, is, is when you're a hundred percent responsible for that, right? I'm a hundred percent accountable as a father, as a leader doing what I see and just like, let's keep putting it in there. Maybe I'm not getting it back. Let's keep putting it in there. And so I love, Mm -hmm. I love the idea of a go-giver. I love the idea about being, really committed to my clients. What about, cause one thing that's, that's important in there, how do you make sure that you're standing up for you in the relationship? You're standing up to make sure that you're going to make money in the, in the transaction. How yeah. does, how does that happen? Do you ever like, like I'm sure huh. early on you did cause you would have, I, 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 every operator has struggles with, Oh wow, I gave too much away here. But how have you learned to sort of manage that over the years? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I've developed what I call posture mm-hmm. and that it's a, a belief in myself or in what I, va- what I am and what I value. And I didn't get my value early on, even though I think I had it, yeah. maybe not in the same way I do today. But I know with a, if I'm negotiating with someone and it's quite often you know, for a price yes. and they'll say, well, is that your best price? Yeah. Or they'll say, you got to go lower. And I'll say, this is about math. And I said, the value I'm giving you is going to be worth way more to you yes. than what I'm going to receive for it. Right. And I say, so the price I'm giving you is the best price for both of us. Right. And so having that sense of posture and confidence yeah. that it's okay to say it. If you say it with some confidence and some belief, yeah. people buy it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and if they don't find it, you don't want to work with them anyway because they're yeah. pain in the butt later on. So if, but if you, uh, yeah, don't ever you know, give away the farm, don't, uh, yeah. drop your price or, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, keep that kind of posture. I love that. I love that. And so what I see, you know, for our leaders is, is that, Hey, Troy is about his customers and is about his people and giving, 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 and there's the value. This is the price, yeah. right? Like this is yeah. what we're going to offer this price at. And there's two things. Number one, I'm not going to negotiate because I'm not going to negotiate. I see my value. Okay. And there's another thing is you're not living in space of scarcity. Okay. So I know there's other customers. I know there's other people. Well, let's just keep on the sales train and the marketing train so I can replace that person. And one of the things I'm sure I hope everyone heard there was the people who are going to complain about your price up front are going to complain later about your value and are going to be hard to deal with. Those things are linked. So what ends up happening, I think, is people have a a worldview that people are trying to cheat them. Okay. Troy's mm. trying to cheat me because everybody's trying to cheat me. So if they end up negotiating your price down from whatever, let's say 5,000 to four or 5,000 to 3,800 or 4,800, then later on, they're going to be back there looking to see how did they get cheated? Cause mm. that's their worldview. So it's, it's actually a great identifier. Now, by the way, it's, it's reasonable that people ask you about price. That's called intelligence. That's called, that's called, I want to make sure that (laughs) am I getting the best value? Yes, you're getting the best value. And that's all just because if I negotiate my price and then later on, they're going to come back and they're going to, they're going to be one of those people who are going to be hard to deal with. And I want someone who goes, wow, did Troy ever give me great value? You know, because if, you know, we start to get resistance in those areas, it's like, mm. I don't want to work with you. You know, like, it's just, oh, yeah. it's just like, yeah. life's too, 
like it's already hard enough to run a really successful business than deal with someone yeah. who's a pain. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. One of my early coaches, he said, uh, your price or negotiations is like math, right? And the, and it's like algebra. You take one thing off one side, I got to take something off the other side. Yes. And if I've given you my genuine best price where I can make a healthy profit, yes. but you know, not. Yeah. I'm not living in a palace. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. I'm not charging you hundreds for toilet papers. Yes. But uh, if I can uh, realize, if you ask for something off the side, I got to take something off because I wouldn't give you a price that's just falsely inflated. Like, yes. that's just how I do business. Yeah. And I assume you would too, right? And so uh, let's talk about if you do want a lesser price, what do you want not to we received here. And I know in selling personal services, like we do with Dale Carnegie, if I'm going to coach a client and they're really drilling me down on my price, I'll say, here's the thing, I could drop my price, but you also are buying me and my spirit and you're buying my enthusiasm. <laughs> and I got to tell you, if I feel like I'm not getting a fair price, yeah, I'm still going to be here and I'm still going to do what I can do, but yeah, maybe my spirit might get back there and I don't want you to get that. So I'm giving you this price because it's worth it for both of us. Yeah, yeah. And that to me, you're, yeah. But I, I liked how you asked that question because sometimes being the go-giver mindset could say, oh, just give a giveaway. No, that's not it. Yes. It's, it's be, know your value, yeah. give your value, never compromise on that. But, yeah. uh, but serve, 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 but always don't compromise yourself. Yeah. And again, that comes from the power of a great structure. Here's the con. Mm -hmm. This is how we're getting paid. And then great, let's go give yeah. like heck. And and certainly again, we'll we'll have people try to negotiate. We'll have our operators try to negotiate us down. And and again, it's a regular thing. And it's just like, you know, years ago, we used to, with a lack of understanding, and and a, a number of years ago, I can't remember how many, we just like never, not ever, will never, don't care. You know, do you really think I need the money? Or you, 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 you really, you, you, go look at, you really think I need the money? You know, so we're never, ever, <laughs> ever going to negotiate. So we, we, had, we had a kid last summer who, um, Amher, he did $500,000 for the business while in full-time school. Wow. And that was his goal. Wow. And he came to me and, you know, <laughs> and full, full Amher style. And so for me, it's like, how could I ever have said no to Amher? And then somehow negotiate with someone else. And that's actually what wow. we say to people is like, you know, like, look, this is, this was the best deal. This is what it was. And uh, yeah. this is what it is. So it's, it's fascinating. Um, but so how do we, how do we be in both spaces? Cause that's, that's what mm. life's about, right? Being powerfully in mm. both spaces. Yep. That's it. Um, our final question. When you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? I don't think too much is different. Mm -hmm. I, I really think uh, the same idea is. Be aware, be hyper aware of what's going on in the world, what the needs are. Make sure you're super in tune with that. And when I say we'll we'll do customer focus meetings and we'll get a bunch of customers around a table and we'll say, what do you like about dealing with us? What do you not like about yeah. dealing with us? Yeah. What do you like about dealing with people in the in this industry? What do you not like about dealing with people in this industry? Yeah. And we to have our people sitting around our, our our own team is sitting around where we're listening to our customers talk and our we say you've got duct tape on your mouth yeah. like you're not saying a word yeah. you're not defending why we do something you're listening taking it in and then we do something so after the customer leaves we have a real clear discussion of what need do we what do we need to change yeah. what do we need to keep doing and 
So to me, a leader of tomorrow is listening to what their clients need, what their people need, what the market needs, what the country needs, what uh, population they're serving needs. And if they're really listening and then finding ways to deliver that service or product better than anybody else in the world, and we call it, or a colleague of mine calls it the best of the best plus one, be the best of the best plus one. So what are they, what do they need? Do, do that. And when you do that, you will be a contemporary leader a hundred percent of the time because you're always in tune with what the real needs are, but you can't stop listening. (laughs) You can't, it's gotta be a, I love that quarterly thing. Best of the best plus one. All right. Yeah. Find out what the best do, model it, and then be one better. And you can't help but succeed. That is so great. And, you know, one of the great things about what I've done, uh, Troy, is I've never left the 20-year-old demographic. So I still feel I'm 20. And I joke joke that I'm 28. You look it. Yeah. yeah, Thank you. Thank you. Um, I cut all my gray hair off um, (laughs) because it's falling out. But um, one of the big things is the whole focus on customers, like, like I, I know it's so hard to really get, you know, oh yeah, the customer is important. Oh yeah, the customer is important. But no, really, the customer is, the, is everything. It's really, again, it's everything. And it's, it's, it's funny, when we get our most successful alumni on the program, that's always what it goes back to. It's like Nick Eves, our first, that's what he was talking about. Humility and wow. the customer and the customer and the customer. And I, I think a lot of times people think it's just what people say, right? Like it's huh. just, oh, the customer is really important, right? It's like, no, 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 no. That is it. That is deeper. It. Go deeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, and really getting no, you know. And so, so for me, my customer is our operator. So it's like that is who we do everything for. And so, you know, we have raving fans of our operators. Last year, we had fifty over fifty percent of them return. You know, so, so if you, you know, just think about that, how many people graduate, how many people had to go do a, you know, a, an engineering or accounting, um, role or, or just, it wasn't a fit for them to return half is just raving fans. That's amazing. That's mind. So, but it's, it's, that's the focus. It's just like, they matter, you know, and, and Mm. when, you know, and I wanted all our leaders listening to really get what Troy's into, right. He's just so cares about his customer. And then again. He gets the opportunity to see how well they do in the world, right? Because they do better. Their customer does better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make more money. Yeah. Their kids get to go on trips or get to get fed yeah. and all these things like the economy <laughs> gets to move, right? Yes. And then yeah. obviously Troy does better as well. Dale Carnegie does better. There's two principles that Dale Carnegie has in How to Win Friends. Become genuinely interested in other people. Mm-hmm. That's not just pretend interest. Yeah. That's like this unique individual in front of me is saying something unique for them. Mm-hmm. And if I'm just saying, oh, that's like what a lot of them say, you're missing it. Yeah. It's genuine interest and try honestly to see things from the other person's point of view. Yeah. And that's the two success principles that can drive everything. But they're hard because we get into habits of surface listening yeah. or superficial listening yeah. or, yeah, I got it now. I been doing this long enough i got it and then that's the you're then you're in your trouble <laughs> so, yeah well yeah. then it's not fully 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 engaging right like it's like you know in this conversation you know i really get the sense you are fully present you're nowhere else but here i am nowhere else but here in this conversation and when we do that 
Well, first of all, conversations are great, right? Like you'd love yes. them. Wow, this is enlivening and, and sparkly and, and you're rediscovering mm -hmm. things or discovering things newly, right? And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I love how you brought those two, two key Dale Carnegie principles that are, again, just so, so valuable. So I told you that it was going to be my last question. So I will live up to that, that statement. <laughs> um, but I can see in the future us having you back on the podcast to talk more Dale Carnegie and more, more value. And uh, uh, also as well, maybe having you out to one of our training events. So that would be super, that was super. Yeah, super yeah, fun. I'd love to. No, as an alumni, I'd put in the time for free. Yeah, so yeah. I would do it for sure. Because <laughs> they're my future customers. Exactly, so exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Troy, so. thank you so much for spending time with us on the uh, Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Again, loved, uh, loved our conversation and I knew I would. And, Me too. Uh, and again, it's been a real pleasure. Same here. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been awesome. Okay, cheers. Talk Good to day. you soon. Thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. Take care. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.